0: guys get so mad, but you know, there's like two more sessions of the story. Like we got a lot of story to be told. So it's all good. Ugh. Maybe I should teach from the toilet. No. Yeah. yeah. That's gross. Get out of here. All right. All right. How are we all doing? How'd we sleep? Do we sleep better tonight? Any, anyone's like have more snores in their room? Anybody have a counselor that snores? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so, I know. Uh, We're going to start, okay, I'm going to, we're going to start with a game today, all right? We're going to start with a game. So, here's the deal, all right? It's going to be pretty simple. Okay, I need uh, somebody to be the first. Okay, you come up here. All right, cool. Okay. All right, stand behind the cone. Okay, not the cones of shame, that's just a cone, okay? Okay, grab one of the spheres from the bucket, all right? So here's the deal, okay? In the bucket is eight different spheres. I want you to stand behind the cones and face the orange bucket, okay? And the game's pretty simple, all right? What you got to do is you got to throw the ball from there into the bucket. If you make it, then you get another one. If you can make eight in a row, then I'll give you a bag of SPKs. Does that sound cool? Okay, all right, what's your name? Reina, okay, ready? Okay, go. Oh, you're out, okay. All right, out of there, get out of there, get out of there. Right no good, uh, oh boy. Okay, come here, come here, hustle up. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, you get eight, you gotta get eight in a row. Eight in a row, okay, here we go. Ready, come on, come on. Oh my goodness, all right, get out of there, get out of there. All right, man, okay, right here in the end. Come here, come here. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry. Okay, You. I believe in you, I believe in you, okay. Eight out of eight, eight out of eight. Can he do it? Okay, here we go, ready, come on, come on. What, oh my goodness. All right, I need one more girl. I need one, in the back, in the back, hurry, run. Come on, run, run. I'm beginning to think this is a bad idea. Can you win the SPKs? Come on, you can do it. You can, can you? what's your name? Riley, come on, Riley, come on, Riley, in the bucket, eight in a row, I believe in you. Eight. Oh. Oh. Good try, Riley. All right. all right, hey, we'll come back to it, hands down, we'll come back to it, we'll come back to it. It's not over. Well, I was hoping that game was going to go a little bit better, but I guess not. You all failed, but that's okay. Turn in the Bible, your Bibles to John chapter 8. We'll get back to it, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We've been in this book, John, not the book of Buddy, the book of John. And we're going to jump back in, in chapter 8. Now, let me give you just a little bit of catching up where we're at. I told you all that Jesus started his earthly ministry at age what? 30, right? Age 30. So here we are in his third year of ministry, three years later. So how old is he? 33. Oh, pretty good. i It's not a math camp, but you guys did good. Okay, now, here's the deal. We're going to start reading in John 8, verse 1. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're reading the story that you saw acted out over here with Lodi, all right? Here we go. 8, verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst. And they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? And this, they said, to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Let's stop right there. So let me catch you up a little bit, and again, you kind of saw this in the story over here in Dogtopia, but um, what there were, were there, there were these guys named the Pharisees, okay? Do you know why they were called Pharisees? Because they weren't fair, you see. Oh, okay, good. It's too early in the morning for that kind of joke. Okay, so... Here's the deal, is the Pharisees were like kind of the pastors of the time. They were the teachers of the law. Like, you think of it kind of like somebody like me, like these religious guys that that held everybody to the standards of what was written in God's law at the time. And so they bring this woman up front uh, to Jesus, and they put her before her, and they said that she had been caught doing something really, really bad. It was called adultery. And if you know what adultery is, congrats. I'm not going to talk about it because this is in a science, that kind of science camp. Okay, Talk to your parents about it. But anyway, she did something really, really bad. The bottom line is that she sinned. Okay, She sinned. And so the Pharisees had, according to their scriptures, remember the ones that we had talked about before, uh, the other day, is that um, they were supposed to throw rocks at the woman until she was dead. And this was really the way it worked, okay? And th- this is this is what. And so they go up to Jesus and they ask Jesus, "Do you agree with what we're about to do?" But remember, see, l- let me backtrack. What they were trying to do is trap Jesus. It's a trap, right? They were trying to trap him because here's the deal. Jesus could respond to them in two different ways. If he said yes, then he wasn't showing kindness and forgiveness. But if he said no, then he was disobeying the law. They were trying to trap Jesus. But those mere fools, they were trying to trap Jesus who is what? Who? God, right? Jesus who is God. So you think Jesus is going to outwit them in a battle of wits? Absolutely. And so the reality is, though, that even though they were trying to trick Jesus, the reality was, though, that this woman had sinned. Um, what does the word sin mean to you guys? So like, give me a definition of the word sin. Yeah, go. Something that's against God. Okay, that's good. Yeah, right there. Something that's against the rules or the law. That's good, yeah. To do a wrongdoing. To do a wrongdoing. Okay, last one. Yeah, go. Death. Death, Death he says. <laughs> uh, okay, those are good definitions. Those are good definitions. I like them. Um, this is my definition, right? Is that sin is anything that isn't a part of God's desire for your life, okay? So let me say that again, boys. Sin is anything that isn't a part of God's desire for your life. So it can be anything that you say, anything that you do, and anything even that you think that goes against God's perfect plan for your life, God's desires for your life. Um, Okay, raise your hands on this one, uh, and I'll point you and say go. Um, Just What's something that somebody your age, not necessarily you, okay, but what's a sin that you that people your age commit? Yeah, go. Lying, Lying okay. Yeah, yeah. Cussing. Lying cussing? Ooh. Lying and cussing. Yeah, in the glasses, go. Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's definitely sin. Yeah, right there. Go. Yeah. Being mean. Being mean. That's wrong. Yeah, in the hat. Yeah, yeah. Tax fraud. tax fraud. Absolutely. I don't know where you got that from. That was random. That's cool. Um, most kids your age struggle with tax fraud. It's a true story. Okay, hands down. Hands down. Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest because I was a little nervous in asking you all that because uh, in the fall when I was teaching OE, I asked and and some kid, I'm not going to tell you what he said, but it was like sick and disgusting. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? But the reality is, is there's something wrong with all of us, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're all sick. So let's get back to the story. And you know what? I got an idea because I'm all about visuals. And so let's actually, uh, let's actually demonstrate this visually. Now, put your hands down. I need the uh, Olive Knoll boys that I talked to this morning. Come up here for a second. Okay. And I need one girl, I need one girl. Okay, in the beanie, come here, come here. Okay, boys, okay, everybody grab a sphere, grab a sphere. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, just grab a sphere, quickly. Okay, make a circle, okay. Make a circle, and some of you can have your back face. Okay, you go in the middle. Okay, okay, right there, good. Okay, does everybody have a sphere? Everybody have a sphere? Everybody remember what they're doing. Don't blow it. Oh, you don't have a sphere. Okay, okay, that's all right. That's all right, that's all right. Just follow what everybody else does. Got it, capiche? Got it, all right, all right. Okay, this is sure to go wrong. Okay, here we go. Okay, so here we have the situation, okay? So, again, we've got these, these Pharisees who are all circled around this girl, and they, and they come up to Jesus, right? And, and so they're saying, they try to trick Jesus, and, and, and they're going to stone her to death because of her sin. And does anybody know Lee Corso from ESPN Game Day? Do you know what his famous line is? Anyone? I didn't hear it, but I, you guys don't watch enough uh, ESPN, obviously. Okay, he says this. He says, Jesus kind of says, and Lee Corso says, Not so fast, my friends. Anybody? No. Oh, man, you deprive people. Okay, so here we go. John 8, 6b. So what happens is, is Jesus bends down and and he starts to write with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, right as they were about ready to throw the stones, Jesus says to them, let him without sin among you be the first to throw the stone at her. And so boys, listen, right in that moment, What Jesus was saying is if none of you here has ever committed a sin, then you can be the first one to throw the sphere at her. Only if you've never sinned. No one? Yeah. Wait, wait, don't go anywhere. No, the boys can go. You stay here. So... So it it says, at once more, Jesus bent down and he wrote in the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone standing with the woman before him. All right, now you can go. Good job. Well done. Well done. Now, here's the deal. I love this moment with Jesus because what he's exposing is really our first absolute truth of the morning. And that's this that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In fact, Romans 3.23 says that plain and simple, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, meaning every single person on this planet has sinned. All of you have sinned. Raise your hand if you've ever committed a sin. Remember, any thought, act, or deed against God's will, against God's desire for your life, hands down, raise your hand if you've never sinned before. Yeah, see, what? Now you just lied, therefore you've sinned. Welcome to the family. Okay, good, you got it. Now, here's the deal. Jesus was reminding the Pharisees that every single one of us has sinned. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. And if you look back at the very beginning at Genesis, you get to read this story and understand that when God created the world and and I know you guys know this story, but maybe as, as you're older, you're starting to understand this differently. But when God breathed the world into existence, one of the things that he did was he created Adam and Eve. And when he created Adam and Eve, he created them to be in a perfect relationship with him. There was no sin at that time. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was nothing bad. And then we read in Genesis 2, 16 through 17, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of the, every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. See, God gave Adam and Eve one rule, one thing to say, look, you can eat of every tree that's here, but you can't eat of this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One thing. And I'm going to be honest, I sympathize with Adam and Eve. I don't know if your mom's ever done this or your dad, like, but... My mom, when I was growing up, made the greatest snickerdoodle cookies on the planet. But I will tell you this. The snickerdoodles were only the bomb if you ate them within like the first two hours when they came out, when they were like still hot and fresh. You know what I mean? And so this one time I remember, I, I, I don't know how old I was, but I remember I went up to my mom and she had just brought the snickerdoodles out of the oven. And I could smell them and I mean like I, I was, I was uh, in my room playing the original Nintendo or something like that and, and I come out like just like <laughs> And my mom's like, I go to reach and grab a snickerdoodle and she, oh that hurt actually. Um, and I, she slaps my hand and she's like, no, Chip? You can't eat the new Snickerdoodles. She goes, I made a batch last week. You can have some of there, or there's some store-bought cookies that are sitting over there. You can have any of those. You can have anything you want, but you can't have the brand-new Snickerdoodles. Those are for something else. And I just remember, like, no. I have to have the fresh Snickerdoodle cookie, because it's the best. So I sympathize with Adam and Eve. I mean, I think that's exactly where they're at. They're like, we can eat if any tree, but not that one. Oh, but that tree looks so good. Like, and so they... They ended up, as you read in Genesis 3, 6, it goes like this. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. By the way, can we just dispel the mystery? It says, who was with her? So even though Eve ate first, Adam was right there. He was with her. She didn't have to go find him and say, oh, this food was good. You should eat it too. He was right there along with her, all right? Women and men, we both messed up. Let's deal with it, okay? But the reality is, is that we all sin. And here's the deal. When Adam and Eve broke that What happened is they brought sin into the world, and they destroyed the relationship that they had with God, that God had built for them that was perfect. And so they were sent out of the garden. They sinned, and they fell short of the plan that God had for them. And that's the reality, guys and girls. We are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, me included. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a story. This is one I like to tell uh, all the time, but it's not my most shining moment. Um, I was 10 years old, and um, do any of you have a mom or dad that's, like, really handy with tools and stuff like that, all building stuff? My, my dad, he's a, like, master carpenter, super, super good, and and what's cool about my dad is, I mean, he's got all these tools, like, all over the place, and I was, I remember being a 10-year-old being super envious of it, and, um, and, and so he takes me to a hardware store one day. It's super cold. It's, like, December I'm wearing a big parka jacket and a beanie like I'm super cold. And we get to the store, and my dad's shopping for something, and in front of me is this bin, this just ordinary bin full of these screwdrivers. Now, I need you to understand two things. is The screwdrivers that were black and orange handle. Now... I don't want to get into debate, but I told you I'm a Giants fan, and so there was some kind of allure to this, like, black and orange handled screwdriver. And I didn't have a screwdriver of my own. My dad had all hundreds of them, but I didn't have one for my own. And so I said to my dad, I mean, I seriously, I was like, Dad, can I, can I, can I have one of these screwdrivers? He's like, Chip, I have a million screwdrivers. You can use one of mine. But I wanted one of my own. And so my dad goes off, and he's doing something, and I kind of wander back over to the bin of screwdrivers. And, y'all, this is not a good moment for me. And you can probably imagine what happened. But I reached in, and I grabbed a screwdriver. And I looked around, and I had that big jacket on, and I slid it in my jacket. And I walked out of that store stealing a $2 screwdriver. I know. I know. Now, wait, don't clap for me. That's terrible. You guys are so weird. Okay, wait. It's not over. The story's not over, okay? So then I get home, and I'm... Flipping out because I, perfect, wonderful, beautiful Chip, stole a screwdriver and I freak out. And so I take it out of my jacket and I throw it in the back of my closet. Now, my mom, and maybe some of you have this, but my mom, we called her growing up Susie Cleanup because she cleans up everything, everything. And so my mom, that day, I went off to, the next day I went off to school, and my mom, Susie Cleanup, starts going into my closet and starts cleaning things. Why? Because she's Susie Cleanup. And she sees this screwdriver in there, and she's like, oh, this must be Phil's screwdriver. I'm going to go put it uh, with, with his stuff on his workbench. And so she takes it out and puts it there. Now, I get home. And, or, or Sorry, before I get home, my mom, my dad, sees the screwdriver and he immediately knows where that screwdriver came from. And so he says something to my mom. Now, I don't know this because I'm out of baseball practice that night, and I come home to my dad knowing that I stole that screwdriver. Y'all, I was a dead man standing. And the craziest thing happened next. The craziest thing. You ready? I'll tell you tonight, all right? I'll tell you later tonight. Now, I I promise, I promise, it's gonna be worth it, okay? It's gonna be worth it, all right? Now, here's the deal. I know, I know you don't like cliffhangers, but you're gonna like the end of the story, but you gotta wait. Now, here's what I want you to understand, okay? I just needed you to know that I'm a sinner too. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner. We all fall short of the glory of God. And what we fall short is, is the ultimate prize, okay? We played that game earlier and I had um, the kids come up and, and try to throw the spheres into the bucket and if they did it, they were perfect. Look, none of them even made one. See, they all fell short of the prize that they could have won, which of course is some SPKs. But no, 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 hands down, you're not getting them. You, none of, you all fell short too. But here's the thing, here's the thing, is that they fell short of a bag of candy. We, when we sin, and what Adam and Eve did when they brought sin into the world, is they lost out on a perfect relationship with God. And that's what we all miss out on because of our sin. In fact, Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Right? What that means is, look at me, is that the cost of our sin, and I need you all to understand this, the cost of your sin is death. Death meaning eternal separation from God. And I need you to know something, that God detests sin. God hates sin. So much so that when we sin, it separates us from him. We deserve death. And and that's our absolute truth, number two, is that we are dead in our sin and deserve eternal separation from God. The key word there is deserve. We deserve. It's the cost of what we've earned. Now look, tonight we're going to talk about the greatest news ever. But right now, I just want to finish tonight by focusing on probably the worst news ever. And it's kind of a bummer. It's super bad news. Okay? So the cost of our sin is what? Death. Say that again. The cost of our sin is what? Death. Death. Okay, eternal separation from God, and here's the bad news. Look at me. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. There's nothing that you can do about it, and I want to emphasize that, and I need you to understand that. The cost of our sin is death, eternal separation from God, and there is nothing that you can do about it. Not a dang thing. Nothing. In fact, Uh, That's our third absolute truth is that there is nothing that we can do to make ourselves right before God. Nothing that you can do to make yourselves right before God. In fact, uh, Romans 3.20 says, For by the works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. That means that every That that all good things, every good thing that you ever do, no matter how good you are, will never pay the price for your sin. Because the cost of our sin is what? Death. Um, Let me ask you guys. What do you think are some things that the world tries to do to earn their way to heaven? Or to think that they could pay the price for their sin with? What, What kind of things do they do? Yeah, go. Okay, so being really generous and giving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go. go. Going to where? Going to church, right? Have you ever heard anybody ever say that? Why? Well, I, I, I go to church. I, I should be able to get to go to heaven. Yeah. Try to follow all the rules. That's good. That's super good. That's what the Pharisees were doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right there. Go. What? Yeah, okay. That's good. Yeah. In the very back, very back. Yeah. Yeah, being good, trying to be good. You guys got it? I mean, I, mean, I think that's what a lot of us do. I, I think that a lot of us and a lot of people in the world, they think that the, if they're just good enough, then they'll get to go to heaven. I've got an uncle. Um, I won't say his name. Not that it matters. I got lots of uncles. He knows, he knows this. We've had a, a conversation. But my uncle, he uh, doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. But he's a really good person. I mean, like, he would tell you that, like, look, he, he gives to charity. He's kind to people. He's been faithfully married for almost 50 years. Like, he's never killed anyone. Like, he's a good guy, right? Um, but the problem is, is that being good enough for him is not going to pay the price of his sins. And, and you all brought this up. Like, sometimes we say, well, like, if I go, I go to a Christian school or I go to church, so that should be good enough to pay the price for my sin. No, the price for your sin is what? Death. The price for your sin is death. Really quick story. I had a buddy in college that uh, he did something really bad and I'm not, I shouldn't tell you what he did. Do you want me to tell you what he did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, we were down in downtown, downtown LA and he peed on the side of a wall in front of a policeman. Yeah. So, so needless to say, my buddy gets hauled off to jail. And the thing is, is they have this thing called bail that you can pay to get your buddy out of jail. And his bail was set at $5,000. So the cost of his, now I was, we were po, po college kids. We didn't have $5,000. And, and so we just let him stay there. No, um, $5,000 was going to get him out of jail. That was the cost to his crime was $5,000. Now here's the thing. I could have tried to give the police $1,000 or, or $3,000, but that wasn't the cost. I, I could have tried to pay the police 1,000 a, a Snickers bars or 1,000 or SPKs, but that was not the cost to his crime. I, I could have given them my truck or my Michael Jordan rookie card or a lot of other things or even a combination, but none of that would work. Only $5,000 would have worked. And guys and girls, that's what I need you to understand about our sin. There is only one thing that pays the cost for your sin, and that is what? Death. Death. That's the only thing, is death. In fact, Isaiah 64, 6 says from the message that we're all sin-infected, sin-contaminated. Our best efforts are grease-stained rags. Listen, this morning's message was terrible. Can we all agree? Yeah, just tell me. I get it. It was terrible. But tonight, we're going to focus on the good news. Because my story with the screwdriver didn't end. And guess what? God's story doesn't end with leaving us in our sin. And we'll finish that tonight. So bow your heads with me and let's pray. Daddy, again, we can't have a Savior and a forgiver unless we had sinned. And we did. And, and because of our sin, we fall short of your perfect plan, your, your awesome plan to be with us forever. We fall short of that. And we recognize and understand how much you hate and detest sin. That's why we have to have that separation. But we also understand that there's a price to be paid, and that's our death. That is the eternal separation from you. But I am thankful for what we're going to talk about tonight, that you didn't leave us there in that moment, but you had a plan from the beginning that we read about in Genesis. You already knew that we were going to mess up. You knew we were going to sin, but your love was so much greater than that. And so I'm excited to talk about the good news tonight. So we look forward to tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.